Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and we're here for another Law Talk. As always, I want to remind you to like, follow, subscribe, comment, and love all the content. We are on all social media platforms, podcast platforms, YouTube, TikTok, you name it, you can find us. So please check that out. It really helps us out, helps algorithms push our content because we do this for your love, for the love. And then, of course, if you haven't downloaded Inside My Head, the album by N.A. The Band, please do so. That's some local guys we're trying to support. It's a great album. They got a second album I think they're working on now, so make sure you check them out. And Michelle Allen is a longtime sponsor of our show, and if you're going to buy, sell, rent, lease real estate in the area, she'd be glad to help you out. she also give you general direction on the community. She's just a good person, and we, we love Michelle. And, of course, Mason's High Octane Martial Arts have been located in Covington for 30 years. We just opened a Millington location. Visit masonsmartialarts.com for more information. Jam Books and Records is a new company that we're hoping to have open soon on the Covington Square. New and used books and records, so you can check us out. And then last but not least, Masonite Digital Marketing. Josh will be glad to help you with commercials, uh, branding, social media, etc. Just check him out at masonitemarketing.com. And joining me today is none other than the Masonite himself, my brother from the same mother, Josh Mason. What's up? I totally didn't just sit down. I've been here yeah, this whole time. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> this whole time. It's the, the magic of... The, the magic of editing. Uh, yeah, the yeah. magic of the, the video. We've got a, a new uh, Josh producer over there now. It's Madeline. Can, can, is Madeline's mic working? Yeah. You can yeah, talk in the awesome. mic, Madeline. I can talk to you? Yeah, yeah. We can hear <laughs> like you. Who's, who's Joe Rogan's person? You're Jamie, Jamie? today. Jamie. Yeah, yeah, you're Jamie today. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like Jamie back there? I can make you sick. Just go back and forth. <laughs> can I do explosions and stuff? I'm sure there's buttons for that. Uh, I'm sure there's somewhere, yeah. Yeah. So what's up, Josh? <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing hey, good. why don't you do this? Because we, we've had mm-hmm. you on, obviously, before, and I talk to you all the time. I'm sure everybody watching kind of knows who you are. So why don't you tell people your your opinion, and I'll give mm-hmm. mine too, on if they were going to start a podcast, what mm-hmm. they need or what they should do. Um, I would say start off with really good equipment because um, that was a mistake we made early on, and the, which I wasn't – that was more on you, I feel like, than me because I kind of was telling you early on. I was like, oh, this is all garbage. We need to get better stuff. And then finally, after a little while, you listened to me and got you know the good mics and the good uh, yeah, but, mic but, arms. But if they area. can't – if they don't have the budget for anything – like obviously mm-hmm. we've grown in time, and I'm talking, which is normally when you would switch the camera to me <laughs> – so yeah, you got to pay attention. That's the problem. That's the problem Austin had. When I was to get to talking, he wouldn't pay attention, and it's not getting swapped. Anyway, they may not have a budget. It's not so, all about you, Jerry. Yeah, I, I know that, but that's kind of the whole point of having the double cameras, right? <laughs> anyway, if they don't have a budget, mm-hmm. what should they do? Um, I mean, you can you can get affordable stuff if you're doing a podcast where it's just you and your. Uh, <laughs> she's still hanging out. There we go. There I am. Um, it's a hard job, Josh. It is. It she's is. actually proven that maybe you, you know you have yeah. to serve a purpose. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that if you don't have you know a big budget and you're just trying to get together with your friends, you can use like Streamyard or some of those uh, online services where you can just kind of sit in front of your computer with a webcam, and you know your you and your other buddies can all be together on the different screens or whatever and do a podcast that way and just talk about whatever. So I mean, nowadays everyone has access to the technology and the ability to do a podcast, even if it's low budget. So um, my, my biggest advice for anything, whether it's podcast or like the filmmaking stuff that I do or music or any type of creative endeavor uh, or professional endeavor, you know, if you're looking to become a lawyer or whatever it is you're trying to do in life is consistency. 
I think being consistent with stuff is far more important in some regards than even necessarily being good at whatever it, it is that you're trying to do. Um, because I've seen it happen with YouTubers, podcasters, musicians, whatever. They'll do a couple things. They don't get a following or they're not getting the view count that they want or this or that. And, you know, then after a few episodes, they just stop doing it. They're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to give up and, and not try this anymore. And so for me, you know, I've been doing the YouTube stuff for years now. And uh, my I didn't get my first 100,000 uh, plus viewed video until just like, what, four years ago? And I'd been doing it for like 10 years prior to that. So, you know, just consistency. Consistency is key. You know, your first podcast is going to be terrible. Your first video is going to be terrible. The first anything you do is going to be terrible. But your 100th is going to be a lot better. And then your 200th is going to be even better than that. And you pick up the skills along the way. And you pick up an audience along the way. And eventually, as long as you stick with it and you're persistent, you know, you can succeed at anything. I believe in that uh, fervently. Yeah, well, and I guess success is relative on whether you can succeed. I do think that you're right. I think consistency is important. Um, I'm on what you need on a podcast, though, I have a slightly different opinion. You know, I started what I was doing on, I guess, my YouTube channel with my laptop in my living room. Mm -hmm. And I just recorded myself ranting about, um, I think it was uh, uh, Board of Education Information Rights at the time is what it was about. And anyway, I uh, ranted edited it myself. I don't even think it had an intro on it and then posted it. And of course it was like you say, it was, it was terrible. It was crappy. I mean, the information was good, but the video quality and all was crappy. And then of course, over time we, we were consistent to where I was doing at least one a week. And then it got to where uh, we started to do guests. And then we of course have a studio and all these different things. So I, my point is I agree with you in that it's consistency and that you just need to do it. But I don't think that you need to have fancy equipment in the beginning. I think you just need to do it. And if you enjoy it, mm-hmm. you, you'll grow and become better as you do it. It'll morph into whatever, which is something that I, I want to talk with you probably right after the break um, about some ideas I have to ramp this up. And then I have another idea for something that I want us to start ramping up. But it's all just, you know, levels mm-hmm. to it, I think. Um, hey, so I've asked you this before, I think, but it didn't hurt to repeat on your movie stuff, uh, well, I guess tell everybody where your channel is, what we're talking about when we say you do these movies, because you have a couple of different things, the fan films and the, all yeah. this stuff. So uh, I own Mason Studios, which is a independent film studio and YouTube channel. So it's Mason Studios on YouTube, and we're right at the doorstep of 3,000 subscribers. So go go subscribe to it, like right now. <laughs> 3, it might be 3,000 by the time people watch this, but anyway... I've uh, been making independent films for 17, 18 years now. Um, and it started as just more like original independent films. And then it grew into fan films because I would go to these comic conventions to promote the film studio. And then while I was there, I would film like cosplayers and do cosplay music videos, which got me a pretty decent following doing that. And then out of the cosplay music videos, I started casting cosplayers into these various fan films of like Tomb Raider and Super Mario, Legend of Zelda, Star Wars, that kind of stuff. And uh, those really took off and and is what I'm now most known for, Um, even though I, to be honest, prefer doing the original independent films. uh, But, you know, fan films, that's what people watch. So that's what we keep making. Um, but you can find all that stuff on YouTube. We've had some stuff that's had some pretty big recognition. Um, we did a Tomb Raider fan film that got recognition from Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics, which are the publishers and developers of the Tomb Raider video game. So that was a really big deal when that happened. And that's also our most viewed video of all time. 
And currently, we just recently finished doing um, a Super Mario Brothers fan film that has been submitted to, and accepted to a film festival. And hopefully by April, we'll find out the results of that. But we're nominated in six categories, including Best Director. So that's uh, that's exciting. So hopefully, you know, we'll win something, I think, from that. I, I don't know what. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. That's what I'm passionate about. And then, of course, on the side, I run Masonite Digital Marketing, which was kind of a spinoff from doing the, the filmmaking because I realized I picked up all these video production skills. And with those skills combined with all the skills I like doing marketing here for the law firm, uh, combining all that and providing those skills to clients to promote their business through commercials or web design, that sort of thing. Um, that's been, you know, a, a fairly successful business that I'm running on the side as well. So, so it sounds like the the films, the private films, is what you prefer to do. The independent filmmaking, yes, original independent films is my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. With explosions, with explosions. That's mm-hmm. right, and fast cars and all that kind of stuff. And we've had this discussion before, but let's do top three. Uh, previously, I've asked you your favorite mm-hmm. film of all time, but let's do top three favorite films ever. Okay. Uh, for me, it is uh, number one is Michael Bay's Transformers <laughs> yeah, I knew that from 2007. Coming. I just love that movie. Uh, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I just I, I think it's the perfect formula. It's all the ingredients of everything that I love in one movie together. It's a giant robots fighting. It's Megan Fox. It's a Camaro and all these other fancy cars. It's perfect cinematography. Love the soundtrack. You know, love Optimus Prime. Love that it's got Linkin Park. It's got the military, you know, shooting guns and blowing stuff up and calling the airstrikes. And uh, I just, I love everything about Lots that Lots of lens flares. Lots of lens flares, that's right. Um, so that that's a big one. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I think it's the funniest movie ever made. Um, and then probably, honestly, as another comedy would be in the top three, probably Nacho Libre, because I think it is. The, I think it's probably the second funniest movie ever made. So yeah, I, I, I like all of those. Yeah. I just don't know that they would make my top three or ten. Um, they're, they're good yeah. movies though. But I think it's kind of like I was talking about with uh, Jeremy, uh, whatever, either next week or this week or last week. I don't know when it's going to post. Yeah, I think it would be the week prior to this one. Okay, so I'm we, after. Okay, Jeremy. so last <laughs> week, last week when I was talking to Jeremy. Uh, I think it's kind of generational, some of that. Yeah. So, Madeline, top three movies. Hey, Wizard of Oz. Number one. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Uh, the Family Stone is my favorite Christmas movie. The Family Stone. That time of the year. Um, what's another one? Hmm. 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 <laughs> it's probably some Matthew McConaughey movie. Hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> Mine would be, you both should know number one. Predator. Predator. It's in my top ten for sure. Predator, Gladiator, Braveheart. Mm, I don't know, but you're not switching your camera. Jerry. (laughs) I would say all three of those are probably in my top ten. Predator, yeah. yeah. And it used to be uh, Braveheart and Gladiator. Uh, And I'm honestly not sure if it still is. Those are definitely up there, though. I was going to throw Terminator in there, too. I would do Terminator 2. If I had to pick one of all the Terminators, Terminator 2 is the best I don't know. I I agree Terminator 2 overall is probably a better film, but I think for impact like and nostalgia, I do like the first one. Like, it was good. Um, I don't know. That's probably close. I'd have to think about it. But those are definitely up there, definitely in the top. Uh, I don't know that I have any comedies, though in there uh i just like stupid humor so that's no no i, I like that's... i agree and did you watch the new netflix uh, documentary on monty python it's either uh on yes netflix or did yeah, you watch I did, it yeah i started yeah. i haven't watched it all yet yeah it's really you know good. what you know what starts tonight 
Mm-mm. on Netflix. What's that? Zack Snyder's. Oh, Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon. That's right. That does come out, comes tonight. out tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's one of those interesting situations because just like a lot of his previous movies, the uh, critics have been very hard on it. But I've I've seen this happen before though, where the critics will hate a lot of his movies, and then I'll watch them and I will love them. Like yeah. I'll think they're like one of the best movies I've ever seen. So I'm gonna hold off judgment until I watch it. Um, but it's been getting terrible reviews from the critics, but I'll be curious what everybody thinks. I don't really care so much about the traditional critics. I do kind of ally with the Rotten Tomatoes, you know, that kind of mm. rating thing, sort of, because I think it's kind of audience-based. Yeah, but Well, they have both on there. They have the, the critics' consensus, and then uh-huh. they have the audience score. Is that which, the popcorn is one of them? Yeah, that, which can drastically be, you know, extremely different from one another, uh, depending on the movie. Because they rarely align. You'll, a lot of times you'll have a movie that the critics hate and then the audience loves or the audience hates it and the critics love it, you know. Yeah, I, I, uh, I the Justice League, his his DC mm. universe grew on me. So I, I'm excited about Rebel Moon. It's got a lot of hype. It's supposed to be, there are some people saying it's better than uh, Star Wars. Yeah, well, it was so, originally a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. He pitched it to Lucasfilm, and they were like, nah, we don't want to do that. And so he was like, all right, well, I'll just go off and make my own thing. Mm-hmm. And so Netflix was like, we'll make it. And so they just reworked it into an original product. But I like his stuff. I love 300. I like 300. 300 is probably my top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, he's, of course, I loved his version of Justice League when he was able to go back and fix it and make it his version. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot better. And I even like, a lot of people hated Batman v Superman. I, I kind of like Batman v Superman. Yeah, so, I liked you know. it because it was based off of Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns, right. which I was a big fan of. Matter of yeah. fact, our dad went to, he had, he had uh, video games in Comic Calvacade in uh, Millington at the time. It was a comic book store in Millington. And uh, the guy's name was, uh, I almost had the guy's name. I can see the guy that owned it at the time. Anyway, I remember he went down there, and the guy sold him a first edition uh, uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns hardcover graphic novel. I still have it. Mm -hmm. And he brought it to me, and I was scared of it. Because as a kid, (laughs) I was six or seven. Mm -hmm. The, The art and everything was so dark. And, like, Superman is trying to kill Batman, and Batman's all gray-headed, and it, it's just, it was very dark. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I, I remember it vividly, and mm-hmm. I remember the impression it made on me. And, anyway, Batman v. Superman is filmed very similar to the way that yeah, graphic well, novel is. That's what uh, Zack Snyder's so good at. He, he's very good at translating comic panels from mm-hmm. the graphic novels into visual live action on the big screen. So he did it with Batman v Superman. He did it with 300s, the most notable one, where mm-hmm. it literally, if you read the 300 graphic novel, it's like a storyboard of the 300 movie because he matched the panels, matched the mm-hmm. framing, everything. He tried to emulate what the graphic novel had done. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've always wanted to. I always said my dream project would be to get to do, if I had like money was no option, some big studio was like, hey, Josh, here's $200 million to go make whatever movie you want. I would want to do a rated R Conan the Barbarian movie, but do it in the visual style, similar to 300, but do it in the visual style of Frank Frazetta or Boris Vallejo artwork, but come to life. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it'd have to be shot all green screen, but be that style of artwork just visually in motion. And I think that that would be, like, one of the coolest-looking movies, you know, ever, if somebody could do that and do it right and do it justice. 
you know, but Zack Snyder's the best at that. That's what he's known for, you know, is doing those adaptations. Uh, oh, Frank Frazetti liked the voluptuous ladies. He did. Yes, he did. He was very, yes, yes he was a very, very fan, big fan of the ladies. Yeah. Yes. Not the little sticks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the Conan. Uh, hey, that that Conan comic book you bought, number one, what, mm-hmm. what grade was that? It was a 5.5. 5. I was yeah. trying to remember because I've seen, there was a 5.5 5 that come up because I'm still looking. I almost mm-hmm. bought that. And then yeah. I saw you wanted to get it, so I was like, yeah. let Josh have his dream book. Uh, but uh, you might could still end up with it because my right? plan is to upgrade. As I, if okay. I find like a higher grade that I could you know mm-hmm. buy or whatever, then I might. Well, the price has the, come down on it some, yeah. so you might be able to get a at least for the same price a higher grade. Yeah, I think the one I got I paid, which is hard to say because I paid three hundred dollars for it, but I had also bought several other books with it mm-hmm. all for three hundred bundled. Yeah, so it was really under three hundred is what I paid for it. But now I think the value of that book at a five five is like two twenty probably mm-hmm. somewhere in that range. So it's probably worth a little less now than what I paid for. But you know how they, they go up they and got, down. They go up and down. It'll yeah. all pop back up, especially yeah. if they do a Conan, King yeah. Conan. I'm hoping they'll do a King Conan. They need, to, they need to get on it. Arnold getting on up there in age. They need to hurry yeah. up and do yeah. it before he, he passes away. Well, yeah. him and Sly both, I think both of them are going to keep making stuff until it's over with. Yeah, they will. They won't stop. So who is your preference of the 1980s action stars? What's number one to you? It's so hard because uh, I like both. I like Arnold and Stallone. Like They're both top tier to me. Um if I had just had to pick, honestly, between the two, I would say um, it would have to probably be Stallone. Uh, and the reason why is because he succeeded. He, unlike Schwarzenegger, where Schwarzenegger was into uh, these other things. He was into bodybuilding. He was into politics. He was also into acting, but that was just like one tier of the stuff he did. Stallone was into exclusively pretty much acting. That was like his main and only thing. And then he even later uh, diverted into directing and was a director. And mm-hmm. I think he's actually, a lot of people don't realize this about Stallone, I think he's a more effective director, even more so than an actor, because he did the 2006 Rocky Balboa film. He directed that. He directed the first Expendables. And, uh, well, he wrote all those too. Yes, I think he's yeah. underrated. Rocky, Ra- writer and director. I, mean, I was, should say yeah, that. Yeah, he he's a writer, writer and director. Um, the earlier Rocky films, he didn't direct. He, somebody else mm-hmm. stepped in. He wrote them, but other people came in and directed. But later on, as he got older, he started doing both writing and directing. And so his ability to do all three—act, write, direct—all that uh, I think surpasses Arnold's ability to some degree. And he had, you know, Rocky. And Rambo, um, you know, whereas Arnold is pretty and much Expendables. Expendables. and Expendables. He's, he's had, had multiple franchises. I think he's had multiple franchises beyond the number of successful franchises Arnold's had. Arnold's had probably just as many movies, mm-hmm. but as far as iconic films, I think Stallone has beat him out as far as the sheer number. You know, so. I'd, I have to go with Arnold yeah. because of the other reasons. Not only mm-hmm. was he this super mega star, but he's he's timeless now. He was a He's been the best at everything he's ever done. Right. And honestly, I wish, I hate to say it, but I wish he could run for president. I think he would have made a good president. He, well, according to the laws, I guess he, he technically can't. can't legally he can't because he's not born here. But I agree. But, I agree. He would have been a phenomenal yeah, president. I think yeah. he did a good job as the governor in California. Yeah. I think it surprised a lot of people. Stallone uh, has been in 45 movies, and Arnold has been in 31. But Arnold has made four billion dollars off his movies and Stallone's made three billion mm. so monetarily uh, Arnold still edged him out right. which one has killed more people on screen mm. but it's going to be uh, Stallone because he's got all them expendable movies and he was Rambo Rambo yeah. I'm pretty well, sure well you know in the 80s though they went back and forth right literally he would make one yeah. that killed like 100 people they also though I will say as, much as, as much as I love both of them they have arguably just as many 
garbage movies as they do. Well, they would just do, you know, it's just that they have so many iconic ones that I think we tend to forget about the not so good ones that they did, you know. What do you think is the worst one either has done? Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest, I haven't seen that many of the really bad ones because I heard how bad some of them were and then I just didn't bother watching them. Um, Because most of the movies I've seen that they did, I actually did like. Um, You know, it's the ones you hadn't heard about that I hear aren't that good. Some but, uh, of the comedies that both of them tried to do, I wasn't a huge fan yeah, of. Yeah, neither of them were good at comedy. Um, uh, I would say one of the weaker ones for Arnold was like Commando. Like, mm-hmm. I still liked it and thought it was good, but I didn't think it was anywhere near on par with um, well, like that, Terminator that was his or answer Predator. To, uh, uh, Rambo. Right, and it just was It was a far less effective Rambo. Um, and you notice that you've been talking with the camera still on It's still on you, look at that. Yeah. Hey, there I am. I'm back again. <laughs> I'm trying to answer your question. Arnold has killed 369 people. Sylvester Stallone on screen has killed 239. Man, Arnold's whooped him on that, too. Yeah. You can't say kill, though, on TikTok, so make sure you edit that out. Yeah, and then fine. We're not putting it on TikTok. And then um, guess who has the most on-screen um, deaths? Uh, Sean Bean. Neither one of them. <laughs> as far as the times he died. I would would have thought it would have been one of them. Per the internet, it's Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, okay. What why. movie would that? I have don't been? know. I don't know why. Yeah, I can't think of one right now that he he killed a lot of people in um, Star Wars as Mace Windu. Killed I a lot of robots. That, and stuff. I thought it would probably be Keanu Reeves with John Wick, but nah, that's a good point. John it, Wick movies are pretty good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either way, they're both iconic. I like both Arnold and Stallone. They're both top tier. That's another one uh, that was surprising to me. Like, Arnold and Stallone, pretty believable as action heroes. When they had Keanu Reeves play um, Neo in The Matrix, I, especially as a martial artist, I I love the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the concept and everything. But... (laughs) See if she's going to notice. I don't know. Maybe I should just... There you are. (laughs) Maybe if I stop talking, then it'll be a cue. (laughs) Again, Josh, she's switching. she's giving all. I know, but he does this and looks yeah. the stuff up like he does it literally every time we're doing it. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah, oh his it's martial the arts online shopping too. Though. His martial arts sucked. Uh, Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves in the beginning, and then you yeah. can see the evolutions. He kept training. His technique got better as those movies went on. Mm-hmm. But to me, he wasn't as believable as an action star in the beginning as like a Stallone and an Arnold was. Yeah, but through time, he's proven through his. You know, gun combat oh, yeah. no, skills. The, the, he, well, because he got dedicated to it. Yeah. So, like, he legit he goes to Terran Tactical, which is the big. Uh, they they do real tactical training, but now they've sort of gotten in this niche of training these movie stars to do tactical training. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do the three gun shoots, which is where they have like an AR-15 platform, a handgun, and a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And they taught him all the stuff. So on screen, he does accurate transitions. Plus, he continued to train in jujitsu and kung fu systems, and uh, I think he did Krav Maga. And so. He's he's now got multiple years as a martial artist, and you can tell like he looks he looks the part. My favorite Keanu Reeves move he'll do in the John Wick movies. I don't know how effective it would be in real life, but it visually looks cool. Is when he'll like do the punch with the gun while shooting it. Mm. Like he'll go, he won't just like hold the gun up and shoot. He'll do like that with it when he fires. I don't know. It just it looks cool to me. I'm like that visually is. Yeah, you can hit somebody with it. No, yeah. he does a lot of stuff that's tactical, like the way yeah. he does the reloads and uh, the gun transitions. Mm-hmm. Those things, I think, are taken for granted by most people that would watch movies. But uh, if you have any tactical training, that's a huge thing. And it takes a lot of training to make it second nature. 
mm-hmm. uh, to, to do those transitions so smoothly. Well, also the directors and cinematographers of those movies do something that they don't do a whole lot in other action films where they actually show the action. So mm-hmm. they'll frame it so that you see everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of directors will like close in really close on the action or they'll edit it where they're cutting between takes so quick that you can't tell what's really happening or what's going on. And it's trying to create the illusion of chaos and action. And it's like, no, I'll just like film, let it happen. If you have good choreography, you don't have to like hide stuff with your cuts or your edits. You can just show what's happening on screen. And that's why I think the John Wick movies are so effective. Have you seen Fist of the North Star? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So it was a late 80s, early 90s film. I want to say it was based on a comic book. Uh, but it's got, I forget what actors are in it, but they're really good martial artists. It's its kind of a campy film film, but uh, I remember it made an impression on me that it was really good. It was really good. It had good martial arts and uh, good action sequences. Mm-hmm. And, and, and honestly, if I had to pick one action movie or one martial arts movie, uh, I don't know, man. Bloodsport's hard to beat. I think my number one martial arts movie might be Bloodsport. Um, but like, there's another one. I guess if I'd pick my top three, you got Bloodsport, which had Jean Claude Van Damme. There's a Fist of Legend that's a Jet Li movie. It's mm-hmm. a, I guess, Hong Kong film, but it's really good. It's really good. Mar- it's got awesome history of martial arts where it's got like a, it's a Chinese stylist versus a Japanese stylist, old school. And anyway, it's it's really good. There's a fight between him and this karate master mm-hmm. in this like reed field, sort of samurai film, <laughs> right, you know? Very samurai. And, and as they're fighting, they're each adjusting to the other style. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really filmed really well, at least from a martial arts perspective. Anyway, if you haven't seen those, you ought to check those out for the fight scene stuff in them. It's really good. Um, I thought that that Star Wars movie, they uh, which one is it? The the one where um, it might have been Rogue One, where it started off and it was like Red Planet, and the guy was come out and he's wearing the white outfit. Uh, oh. There's a little kid running around. It's got to be Rogue One when I think it was Rogue uh, they, One. It, it was it on Red Planet scene, though, or whatever color the stuff was. Yeah. They were on the they were on it and it was like. Maybe it wasn't red. Maybe it was like a swampy field. But yeah. anyway, the way they filmed it was an mm-hmm. homage to like those. That was probably movies. Rogue One. Yeah. Well, you know, um, George Lucas was very inspired by Kurosawa mm-hmm. and those early samurai type movies and a lot of the framing. They've even carried some of that over into like the Mandalorian and the Ahsoka TV show and uh, some of the Star Wars shows where they're matching the cinematography is matching what Kurosawa did in a lot of the early samurai stuff. And there's even side by sides you can look at where they'll have like a Jedi standing in the foreground with like a temple in the background. And it's exactly like a shot from an old mm-hmm. black and white samurai movie. People don't realize how, how uh, inspirational those early samurai films were to like modern cinema and uh, how people frame shots. Those know. and Westerns. And Westerns. Well, Westerns were also, again, inspired yeah. by the samurai. Star, Star Wars is really a Western. Yeah, it's it a is. Space it's a Western. space Western. Yeah, That's how he filmed it. And, and uh, I think that the reason the newer, well, Mandalorian, especially the first season, I think the reason it worked is they went back to filming it like a Western. It's more Western than, in some ways, than the original yeah, trilogy because was, he, which is why it's even more effective. He in literally some goes, he shows up in the town mm-hmm. and yeah. handles whatever, and then he goes yeah. off into the sunset. And there's the old uh, samurai. Um, I don't know if you call it a genre or what, but it was like, uh, <laughs> it's called the wolf and the cub, which is basically the concept of like a warrior mm-hmm. who takes on like either a child or, you know, something that's helpless or, you know, a poor animal. And in this case, it's Grogu, the baby Yoda that he's carrying around. And mm-hmm. so he has to see after this child. So all of it's pulled from, you know, those old early, you know, Japanese samurai movies and stuff. 
Yeah, so what do you think on the Disney properties has been the best so far? The number one best Disney property that they've produced? Uh, Across the board. Everything modern and old? Um, no, well, I'm just talking about that's sort of, you got the, when, they, talking about, when they bought Marvel forward, when they bought Star took Wars. over Star Wars, what do you think's the best thing they've produced? Um, it would probably, has two for me, it would probably be the first Iron Man movie, um, and then Rogue One um, would be the top. Because they've also, for every phenomenal film that they've made or TV show that they've done that's really, really good. They've also created some of the worst content that I've ever seen on top of some yeah, of the no, best I, content. I agree. Some of the it's most, a wide range. Most of the know, most recent Marvel stuff has been terrible. I can't even watch it. A lot of it's been really, really bad. And, uh, you know, I, I won't go on my whole tangent, but I thought that the sequel trilogy, particularly Episode Eight of Star Wars, was one of the worst films ever made. I thought that Ryan Johnson just did a terrible, terrible job with it. So um, Disney's been very hit or miss. Because, but then on the other hand, I thought Rogue One and I thought The Mandalorian is some of the best Star Wars we've ever gotten. Mm. So it's it's you know it's depending on whoever they got directing or writing it, I guess you know. My my favorite uh, of the Marvel movies is probably Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good mix <laughs> it's of good. action and humor. It's definitely not my favorite, but it's mm. good. I I'm one of those weird people that actually prefers the very first Thor movie from 2011. Um, I liked when they were taking the character more serious and were treating him like. You know, uh, so the comic book has gone back and forth. The comic book has had phases where it's like with any long-term hero, there was phases where it was very serious, mm-hmm. and he's like literally the god of thunder, and um, and then then it was campy. It's yeah. gotten in a campy phase, and so I don't know. I just really liked the mix, um, and then I guess you know I liked all of the first run that they had the Captain America, Iron Man, all that stuff was good. But when they had the first Avengers, mm-hmm. literally the scene where they're going around them and the, the circular, of New York, yeah, that was uh, iconic. I think, yeah, because mm-hmm. it was like, oh man, they're all here. No, it's- all of Phase One is unmatched. I think mm-hmm. Phase One was phenomenal. The first Avenger, that first Thor, the first Iron Man, um, all of it. The first Avengers movie, and then after that, I think a lot of the stuff they produced was still really good, even into Phases Two and Phase Three of the MCU. But now phase four forward, everything post end game for the most part has just not been very. Are you gonna go see good. Aquaman? Uh, probably just because I'm such a movie nerd, but I'm not super excited about you it. You have a low expectation. <laughs> very low expectations, you know. You'll probably be like, uh, "It was great because you're expecting it to suck so bad." Probably, yeah. I mean, James Wan's directing it, whom I like, but uh, I wasn't just you know huge fan of the first Aquaman movie I thought it was okay I thought it was all right um I felt like there was a bunch of randomness in it like I thought it was really obscure like there's one scene where in the first one I just recall this where he is on an island or something it may even be underwater and there's like random dinosaurs running around for no reason and nobody ever explains or mentions why there's dinosaurs there it's just like here they are I was like okay well, that's cool I guess that's that's a thing <laughs> I'm just yeah. sad because we haven't seen Godzilla yet around there yeah the swimming around yeah they may add him next yeah so yeah. so Madeline Madeline Josh is the reason we saw Godzilla what did you think oh, yeah. of Godzilla minus one well it's the first and only Japanese uh, subtitled movie I've ever seen in the theater probably the last <laughs> it does require a good bit of reading <laughs> to have to sit there and, I thought you know. Godzilla looked like um, like a transformer play toy that somebody like was Using in the bathtub, but other than that, it's pretty. That like actual acting was good. Yeah, I thought that the movie, the characters were good. I, I did not like the Godzilla creature 
Yeah, no, I, I loved everything about it. Yeah. I thought I, I think the lens you got to look at it through though is again uh, how little money they spent on it, and then compare that to your Marvels and your Western film studios that are spending these insane four hundred million dollar plus budgets on these movies, and then wondering why they're not making their money back because not only are they spending you know three hundred plus million dollars on the movie, they're not focused on actually telling a good. Uh, oh look, it's only on Jerry again. <laughs> am I am I gonna show there I oh there you there I am um because the, they're not only you know spending all these insane amount of money uh, on these movies but they're also not focused on just telling a good story they're focused more on messaging and things like that rather than making a good piece of entertainment whereas this movie they were like oh look what we're gonna do is you know as Japanese filmmakers we're gonna spend five dollars on this movie and we're gonna not fill it with a bunch of messaging instead we're just gonna focus on making a really solid piece of entertainment solid piece of entertainment as we can make for five dollars so I think the message in that is even if you didn't like it if the movie's that solid, imagine how good it could have been had they had the budget of one of these big Western movies. I, I thought it was know. a good movie. Yeah. Don't misunderstand me. It was mm-hmm. a good movie. Uh, I mean, it was a good movie in general, uh, but I was going into it, I guess, with like the monster film, and it's really not a monster film. It's really no. like a romance about uh, a PTSD survivor, mm-hmm. really. I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. And Godzilla is just sort of an extra factor. It's more of a natural disaster movie, mm-hmm. and the and how the characters are affected by the natural disaster, which is what the original Godzilla movie was. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's kind of how that's the lens I looked at it through. Um, but yeah, the, the Godzilla kind of had been changed over the years from what he originally was which was he was this natural disaster thing and then, you. yeah and then later it became oh now he's going to be like this like barney type character that's bouncing around for the kids and doing goofy stuff and look how funny he is and you know the campy i wasn't a fan of the campy cartoonish godzilla i like him when he's this monster and he's this threatening presence and there's only been like really four godzilla movies that he's been like that in the other 20 plus he's been like a cartoon character so mega godzilla yeah. <laughs> Gojira. Gojira. <laughs> all right. Well, I think Malin and I are fixing to have to go to this thing, and she's not going to – her fingers are getting tired from all this – From all the flipping. All of the not swapping and instead shopping online. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll tell everybody one more time, Josh, to find your stuff. You can find me. It's Mason Studios on uh, YouTube, and uh, then you can go to masonitemarketing.com. <laughs> it's just, it's just going to be on you the rest of the time. There we are. <laughs> Uh, Mason Studios on YouTube, MasonightMarketing.com. If you need me for uh, commercials or web design or graphic design or any digital marketing services, you can find me there. But, uh, yeah, those are the two two main places to go to find me. Cool. Well, as always, I love you. Love you, too. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and I love you guys. And uh, I want to remind you, if you haven't, to make sure you like and follow the content. We'll have to give Josh time to get over there to click our stuff. <laughs> And uh, we're available on all social media platforms, all podcast platforms, also on TikTok. So make sure you check us out. Um, we would appreciate some more YouTube follows. For whatever reason, people I haven't picked up. They've been on there for years. We got great TikTok, but not so much YouTube. And then, of course, Inside My Head by NA The Bound. Download the and support those guys, local guys. We want to help them out. Michelle Allen, if you're uh, looking into anything with real estate, she'd be glad to help you out. Also, as I said, she's just a good local community leader. She'd be glad to hear from you and help you if you need anything in the area. Uh, Mason's High Octane Martial Arts has been in Covington now for 30 years and uh, just opened a location in Millington, Tennessee. So visit masonsmartialarts.com. We have classes for all ages, so please give us a check out. Jam Books and Records, 
located in Covington. Hopefully should be open real soon on the Covington Square. Please come check us out. It's new and used books and records and lots of other cool stuff we're going to have in there. And then, of course, Masonite Digital Marketing. We, we, we discussed things with Josh today. If you're trying to do any kind of uh, branding, commercial development, anything like that, social media marketing, Josh will help you, masonitemarketing.com. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you have a good rest of the week. Till I see you on the next Law Talk, keep kicking. Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.